My name is Nick Flower, and I'm a clinical psychologist who specializes in behavior therapy. And I'm Lauren McLean, and I am a therapist who specializes in behavioral therapy as well. Welcome to Psychologically Incorrect. This is a podcast about real life through the lens of behavioral psychology and applying the lessons of clinical psychology into everyday issues. Talking, taking a look at a political culture and climate and the role that psychology plays and how we think about political divisiveness, tribal politics, and relating to people in the political sphere. In this talk, we are less interested in considering the particular issues and our own beliefs, and more so in considering the psychological and social impact of polarization and perceived polarization. Hi, Lauren. That's going okay. Hey, How are you? Going? We're going to get into some uh, political discussions this week, I guess. Kind of, kind of, I guess. Yeah, We're talking more about uh, sort of the process, I think, instead of the content, because we can certainly get lost. And I think we see this in our, in our work with uh, in therapy. People get lost in the content of what maybe their OCD is or their anxiety or the depression. But often as therapists, we're looking at, well, what's the process that gets us there? And I think that's where uh, our discussion is going to be uh, taking place today. So, um, yeah, where do you where do we want to start with this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you said the content, not process thing. I think like to, to this topic, the content is <laughs> well, what about gun control? And what about abortion? And what about this? And what about that? And we could really debate mm -hmm. and get lost in the weeds on that. But we're missing the, the bigger issue of we're deeply polarized and that has some big trickle down effects. So, yeah, let's talk about that today. So um, my initial thoughts on it, is, you know, my, my initial thought is mm -hmm. it's a big, big problem. <laughs> um, it's a big, big problem. But, you know, the past two weeks um, I've been like, I you know, went to a conference and I was traveling in Pittsburgh, saw a lot of friends and it's been like super social. And the thing that really struck me is just spending a lot of time in person with a lot of people that, you know, and, you know, we're not, no one's identical. I don't have like, you know, identical views with every single person I interact with. And it was just really interesting to me to spend a lot of time with people that had, you know, differences than me and different views and whatever. And, you know, just being together, we actually have more in common than we think we do. And um, also interesting and in spending a lot of time with, with all these different people everybody's talking about how polarized we are and how divided we are and, and how um, frustrating that is for them. I had so many people say that. And, um, you know, something that we've seen in the OCD world is, you know, there's some disagreements of like, you know, what is the, you know, emerging, you know, trend in the field. And there's even some divisiveness in, in the OCD treatment community that we've seen too. And um, I don't know, that's kind of interesting, right? Like we're, we're polarized in so many ways that sometimes it feels like polarized polarization can feel like the norm. So um, you, you're actually friends with people that you disagree with politically. Ugh, that sounds like torture. Ugh. Isn't that wild? I don't know <laughs> how much I like you now that you said that, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, well, this is the last will be one. The last pod. Uh, we're getting a podcast <laughs> divorce. Um, you know, uh, no, I, I think that's a, <laughs> it's a great point. And 
obviously I'm joking. We, you and I went to the same conference, of course, in Denver, and it was just so great. I think I had the thought when you were talking that I think COVID it probably plays a bigger part in this than we think in terms of getting together and talking to actual people. Yeah. I don't know. I, I go back and forth yep. about the degree to which COVID has affected me in my life and, you know, and the society at large. And the, the more I think about it, the more it dawns on me that there are things that we're just discovering, you know, uh, about the impact of the shutdowns and isolation, which, you know, again, um, more important in the beginning, but man, what, what a, what a result has had. I didn't go to that conference for three years, two, two years. Um, and just to get back and see people in person and have conversations and, uh, and to have that interaction and what you find out, and that's kind of the point of what we're doing this is that, um, we weren't talking about politics or the, like gun control didn't come up too much, you know, uh, or Roe versus Wade too much when a couple of times it did. I mean, honestly, I had a couple of conversations, but you know, it was other things, you know, and we are more than just our politics and this, I don't know if this is a uniquely American problem. Um, it, it probably isn't, but you know, with our two party system, that, that, it, it sort of primes the pump for this type of polarization, you know, the Democrats or the Republicans. And uh, I, I don't you know, other systems have, like, let's say in Canada or, or, or um, many parts of Europe, there's a parliamentary system where there's multiple parties. And I don't know, I wonder if they have the degree of polarization that we do because of just how our system is. But maybe that's a different topic. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think you bring up a great point is that we we deeply identify with what we believe. And I think just speaking psychologically, I think that that can be actually unhelpful in a lot of ways um, because people need to, people benefit when our identity is more than just our mm -hmm. job or who we hang out with or what we believe or what we practice or so on and so forth, right? Like take a micro example of like a professional athlete. If their only identity is being an athlete, when they retire, they're going to have a whole lot of problems right. like transitioning back into kind of the global world, right? So like when our identity is too close to one thing, um, you know. Yeah, our veterans, veterans. And, and I think we've seen come back that. from veterans war and example. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a vet. I, I need to go fight and to be in the action. You know what I mean? Yeah. So no, I agree with that. I think that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a larger problem and, you know, leads to this polarization. So um, we want to make sure we get into the distorted thinking patterns that happen when we're talking about polarization. And, you know, these are things like, you know, I can't stand the Trumpers or the snowflakes, or I don't want to talk to the Trumpers or snowflakes as examples of the way that we talk. A Trumper, a MAGA, a snowflake, a liberal, a knee-jerk liberal. Think about a woke. Let's think about a woke. <laughs> Antifa. An <right>. Antifa. <laughs> um, or, you know, a knuckle dragging, you know, X, Y, Z, or, or what, all the things that we say are so this loaded language that we use and I'm guilty of it. Um, I, I know you are too. Uh, I think you would admit that at, at times, or maybe you wouldn't, maybe you don't do this, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try yeah. to be good with my language, but yeah, I mean, I think we all fall into moments of just like, Oh, like that person's frustrating me. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, we say things like I can't be friends with somebody. That's what I was joking about before that I don't agree with. 
Um, you know, I met somebody as an aside, I went to, um, a charity event this weekend. My wife's a doctor and it was, at, uh, it was like for her hospital or whatever. And I met this one woman and, uh, she was super nice. She laughed at my jokes, which is always a good in, you know, when, when I can get someone to laugh <laughs> and then I kept going cause I was being reinforced, you know? So, uh, but, but she liked me a lot and I liked yeah. her a lot. I thought, oh my gosh, she's so great. And then we got in the car on the way home. She was like, my wife was like, you know, um, she's a, she has some, uh, she's a Republican, you know, she, she, she thinks differently than, than maybe you do on some things or whatever she said. And my initial thought was, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, and then I was like, well, but that, but I really liked her. I, I, I want to have her. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, but that, that was my initial that funny? You know, sort of knee jerk response. And, um, you know, I, I was like, eventually I was like, I don't, I don't care. It didn't take me long to get there. It wasn't like I was chewing on this or whatever. I was like, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. I yeah, really exactly. enjoyed her. Yeah. And she enjoyed me and I wouldn't mind, you know, being social with her again, you know? Exactly. That's such a good example. I've had so many people say to me, you know, I really like so-and-so, but I really don't like the political mm -hmm. stuff they put on Facebook. And if I could just mm -hmm. hang out with them in person and didn't mm -hmm. have to read their Facebook right. posts, that would be great. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think that's a really, that's a really good point. And it takes a lot of, it just takes some thoughtfulness to mm -hmm. be able to divorce people's views from right. actually what you think about them. And mm -hmm. like there is value in divorcing people's views from your overall assessment of like or dislike or connection or disconnection. I, I think we should also say here though, that, that oh, th there's, there's probably a line though somewhere. You know what I mean? If, if, if Aunt sure, Becky yes. on Facebook is constantly posting about how black people should die or something like that, like, you know, uh, yes. there might be, but if, but if, but if Aunt Becky, there, there is a limit to our exactly, uh, our exactly. Yes. And but if she's like arguing supply side economics versus Keynesian whatever, okay, there's a nuance there that we could disagree about sure. economic policy. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, and, and have disagreements about the best way to spur the economy. Okay, fine, I'm good with that. Or, or, or whatever the issue is. But so that I, I think we should say that there are there are some limits to this. But uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, and then I have my own family members who I love dearly you know what i mean but i just know that at thanksgiving we shouldn't go too far into this one area or it you know might might be might be problematic you know what i mean so we kind of keep it oh how's things going oh cool did you go there this summer oh yeah did you see this thing on netflix and and i think that's okay because i still love these people for the things that i love them for i don't have to love their economic policy arguments or something like that and i could be okay with that difference yeah, and we could choose to not have those conversations because right. we like each other more when right. we talk Seinfeld about Seinfeld. Is so funny, and there's so much to mine there for good conversation, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. cool. Let's see what other distortions. Um, I can't date someone I don't agree with. So, well, first of all, I'm very thankful that I never dated in the Hinge mm. era. But yeah. you can... Um, mine filter filter is what i mean you can filter people by mm. political affiliation and so um i mean the the, the filters you can put on totally. really totally. just like fascinate me we'll do a, oh we my do god a whole no you're right
you can filter out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we could. That'll be a whole combo. But um, yeah, I mean to say, well, I can't. If you're, you know, on this side, I can't date you. Sorry, yeah. there's, there's just like yeah. half your dating field you know, right. just has shrunk, right? Um, and all right, I can't work for someone I don't agree with. I, I like my neighbor, but I don't like their politics, or I don't like my neighbor because I don't like their politics. They seem fine, mm. but they liked blank. If uh, I've seen actually a lot of what? bumper stickers that say this one, some variation of "If we disagree, you right. were wrong, stupid, or an idiot." Right. Um, and then the so other. So you were riding. You were riding right behind me, and at, at the stoplight, you, you saw that. You saw that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Oh. Was so... oh, that was you. No, All right. Wow. Well... <laughs> No, it's not me, and it's not it's not me, and I don't think that, and and and, and it, it bothers me when someone says that because that can't be true. Well, first of all, what a stupid bumper sticker, <laughs> but you know, but like, um, yeah, what some of the ones the right are ruining this country, the left are ruining this country. Yeah, we that that's such catastrophic black or white thinking, which is really what this is about. This whole podcast is about polarization, and so obviously polarized thinking is going to be the cognitive distortion that we're finding most often, which is what happens here. And that's, uh, I guess if we were, I guess to distill it down into the simplest, it's that, right? That, that, that cognitive distortion. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll give you an anecdote that one of my friends in Pittsburgh told me that kind of blew my mind. So she yeah. lives in Brighton Heights. I don't know if you know that neighborhood, but she said that, um, there was this little Facebook group, Brighton Heights Neighbors or something like that. And it was like, hey, I need someone to mow my lawn. You know, like mm -hmm. the standard neighborhood Facebook group. And uh, it was great. It was great. It was great. And then all of a sudden, mm. sudden, it started getting political. And then there was a spinoff group created. Reasonable, Reasonable. Neighbors of Brighton Heights. <laughs> I know, right? And she said that after, she, she's like, I found myself in both. Yeah. And I'm in these Facebook groups yeah. and people are bashing each other and they're bashing politics and they're bashing both sides. And she goes, I just got so stressed that I left both. And she said, you know, what was really fascinating when I was in these Facebook groups, I'd be like, I'd walk down my street mm. and I'd be so stressed mm. at the neighbors I saw because I knew what they thought and I saw what they posted on Facebook and this, that, and the third. And after a while, I just wanted to avoid people because I didn't want to get into it with them because I knew how they felt and so on and so forth. And she said, and then I left those groups and I started to really like my neighborhood. I was talking yep. to people about their flowers, right. asking what's right. going on with their kids. And now all of a sudden, I don't feel so stressed because mm -hmm. I in the you know i'm not in the mix of learning about people's opinions and i like it better that way and i like my neighbors that better that way that's and i thought that was like a perfect example of a, a polarized mm -hmm. um content and how that affects us and our affects our ability well, to I, I also speak to again we, we did a uh, the podcast about social media and the, and the negative parts about social media is that you, it's this one-way conversation and it is so strange like <clears throat> imagine if we extended imagine if we acted in public walking down the street shouting our ideas <laughs> down the sidewalk <laughs> <You know? laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious we, actually could yeah. you imagine we got a megaphone yeah we should get megaphones and just shout our exactly. personal beliefs for anyone to see. Cause that's what Facebook is. It's Twitter too. <laughs> I mean, I know that you have to follow some people and not follow, but what if we just walked on the street and said, Trump's an asshole. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hashtag 
<laughs> that is the funniest. <laughs> hashtag yeah, white lives matter, matter everybody. <laughs> Just want everyone to know that on the sidewalk. You know, we got to do both sides. What 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 would the what would well, the I just said Trump's saying? an asshole. They would say that or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You said Trump's out. Okay. Yeah. But like, but, we gotta give but if sides, we act, so, yeah. we would never do that. We would never do that. I think the same phenomenon, as an aside, I think the never. same phenomenon is in play with road rage. Like if you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off, like you get real mad and you beat your horn, you flip them off, you say, F you, asshole, whatever. At least I do. Um, and then, um, just kidding. And then um, if you're if you're walking down the street and someone like... <laughs> doesn't see you and like comes out of a store way or whatever. And they like walk in front of you. If you just say, call them an asshole and flip them off, like as you're walking down the street, like that, you would never do that. So it's the same phenomenon. I think just a little different. But, yeah. uh, well, first of all, I'm going to have to turn on explicit oh, content. For this episode. Sorry. But uh, I think it was worth okay. it for that. Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. We didn't offend, but yeah, could you imagine if somebody walked in front of us and you were like, ah, here's the bird, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's crazy. We do it under the right, and, and everybody can have big muscles when they're behind a screen posting their 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 stuff or whatever. But then when you get in person, you're not so. It's not that you're not tough. You just know that it's totally and wildly inappropriate to talk about how blue lives matter, whatever, when you're at a party. Or when you're talking to your neighbor. Yeah, exactly. like we're talking about yes. here. Like, come on now. It's just... It, we're talking about whatever. We're talking about... Exactly, you know, you know or like... Vacation. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I, that's, again, maybe that's an aside. And a, a real problem was the, the way that we interact on social media and the, the sort of false freedom it gives us to throw our crap out there. And the, the stuff that we're throwing out there is this divisive stuff. You know what I mean? Even on a neighborhood group like that, they could totally. destroy it. And I have those same stories in my neighborhood too, where there's a, um, a buy nothing group or something like that. Or no, it was no, it was a, it was a mom's group. It was a mom's sure. group, and my wife was on it. And then yeah, then they had like the reasonable mom spinoff or something like that. It's it's always the reasonable ones that spin off. You know, it's always they're the reasonable. <sighs> okay, so yeah, I know. All right, well that that was. That was funny. You know, um, another one that I saw that I was thinking mm -hmm. of, you know, behind the screens is I've seen some a bunch of bumper stickers that's like, if you voted for mm -hmm. Biden, you owe me mm -hmm. gas money. <laughs> and I'm laughing just because it's like kind of ridiculous, but like they would, yeah. you know, they wouldn't get your phone down. Which one of you owes me money on this no, side? Like, Which one, like... huh? Which one? <laughs> You know what? I was uh, a quick, a quick I, was, I was getting gas on a, a, a trip back, uh, a, a quick trip we had uh, in Virginia a couple weeks ago. And I'm filling up the gas and I found this sticker that was uh, a sticker of Joe Biden, like in glasses or whatever, like pointing like this. And um, and the bottom said to the gas pump, said, oh, to the gas um, price. That's my fault or something like that. Or I did that. I did that. That's what it said. I did that, <laughs> which is actually kind of funny. Um, but uh but why? Anyway, okay, that's stupid. Well, wait, okay, wait, one more thing about kind of the comedy. You know what? One thing that I think is really interesting about polarization is if you watch comedians, I mean, they rip mm -hmm. both sides fairly equally. And they say things that right. this is where only comedians can say, you know? And like, I, you know, and I, I just think it's funny because 
if you're on the megaphone and you said half the things right. that like Bill Burr or Chappelle said or whatever, like nope. it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be good for you, you know? And um, we also need those people because they yep. kind of point out how like silly we are and how stuck we are and how short-sighted hundred percent, you know, but. Yeah, then they get that's a whole other. That'll thing. be a whole separate right. episode about being canceled. Um, okay, something that I wanted to talk about is um, the extremes, and something. So I saw this thing in Pittsburgh when I was there. Somebody had one of those like detached cinder block um, garages, and on it they had five flags hung up, and like one was like "Let's go, Brandon." I mm-hmm. think there was like a MAGA one. I think one said, if you voted mm-hmm. for Biden, you owe me gas money. And it was all yeah. kind of along the same ideology. And, you know, I, I looked at it and I was like, wow, you know, like if that's what I wanted to identify with, that I would put up mm-hmm. five flags mm-hmm. that all mm-hmm. have generally the same message. Like, mm-hmm. what a thing, you know? And I was trying to think about like, you know, what is the, what does the further left do? Equivalent. At, you yeah. know, as the, as the equal. You know, and I'm, they don't have flags, they have yard signs. Um, there's a lot of like angry social media posts that I see, you know, on the far left. I think I have, um, a, I think I have an answer to that. I don't I know. Think, what, um, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. There have, in my lifetime, I'm, I've never seen or, or uh, let me heard. Oh, no, I've heard of things like this before, but I guess in our, in our, in the United States of America, our political culture has never had an, exp- I've never in my life seen the, what's the word, fervent, um, uh, uh, yeah. intensity, the intensity uh, for, for, for Donald Trump in particular, like people who are into him sure. are into him. Like it is uh, like, it's like, it's a God almost, you know what I'm saying? And that's where I think that you see someone yeah. not just get one flag. I mean, I go home. Yeah. Five. Well, I go, I go home to uh, yeah. my parents' house uh, in uh, Smithton, Pennsylvania, going Route 51 uh, into the country, and uh, there's this huge uh, roadside um, stand where they're selling flags and everything, uh, and it's, it's all Trump. And they have a cookout going. They have signs on the road like cookout. Like they, It's a thing. You know, it is, it is a huge thing. And I, I just think that I've never seen – I've never seen – John Kerry. <laughs> you know. Yeah, they don't do that. That's Clinton true. That's or, a really good point. Or you ever anybody, stop for a Bill hot Clinton, dog? even Obama. There was never like, uh, and Obama was a pretty popular. That's true. You know, of recent history. W, same thing. Nobody loved any any politician as much as but I think Trump's crowd loves Trump. I mean, look the, the exactly. insurrection. But I think that's because of the 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 weaponized use of fear and and social media and all that uh sort of spurred that on and 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 polarized because if you're telling and that this is this is relevant to our conversation about polarization because when you have a politician that is so skilled at demonizing another side then you're gonna have this fervency if that's if that's a word um this this fervor thank you fervor um uh level of, of intensity for that candidate. And I think that's why you see, I'm not just going to get one flag. I'm going to get five and I'm not just going to go to the Capitol. I'm going to march. And I'm not just going to march to the Capitol. We're going to go inside the sucker. You know what I mean? And I think that's, I think that's, that's mm-hmm. radical polarization of, uh, of, of a particular 
population of our country. That's not everybody now. And that's not all Republicans. And as we continue our talk, we're going to talk about some interesting research and dynamics that you saw about the degree to which we are actually polarized, you know, and then what we when what we see, because what you and I are talking about right now makes the headlines when when the Capitol is stormed. mm -hmm, Oh, yeah. And it should make the headlines because that's a very um, big event, you know. Yeah, totally. But but there are waves that you know, contributed to that. And some of the, the waves are pretty further down. But, you know, as you're telling me about that stand, um, I really would like to see Borat, <laughs> like, stop, have a hot dog, and really just, like, have to be, like, I, I'd really, I'd be curious to stop and talk, you know, and, like, have the security to say, these are not my beliefs, but I'm really curious, like, what you know right. what's going right. on there um that's sure 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 curiosity working in the psychological realm but anyways all right one more thing about the flags one thing that you know that i've noticed <laughs> that i find to be a real bummer is the right and the farther right it feels like have kind of like oh you're talking flags, about you're talking about the american you know? like have you well now i'm talking about the american flag i know we have a lot of political flags which we see uh, you know, at least the the political flags I see are largely sure. um, for Trump supporters. But I, I'm sure you've seen these like freedom contingencies where cars kind of attach flags to their cars, trucks, SUVs, or whatever, and they kind of drive around in, in almost like a parade. Um, and those might be kind of the further right people. But I what I've noticed is that I don't see a lot. I see a lot of American flags kind of associated with the right these days and not with left-leaning people and to me that feels like a real bummer and it also feels like a um so you're talking a sign about, of the polarization like can, can we all be this is a great can this is a great topic us? you bring you up know? i've thought about this a lot um, my, um a very good friend of mine um and here in pittsburgh uh, has and still has the united states flag hanging outside of our house you know and and she does that purposely. She's she's extremely liberal, liberally minded, and, and, and democratic politically. Um, and she says, I, I, "No, that this is our flag. I'm I'm not going to let you know the other side sort of claim this." But your your your, I think your thinking is right. I think there has been a sort of a co opting of the the United States flag for one side. So you don't see a lot, like this flag waving patriotism, like that's even like a slur that you could say. And I think it's on the Pew uh, graph that you have here. Um, faith and, fla- faith yeah, and flag conservatives is the very right wing on, the, on this, uh, on this continuum. That's how they identify, yeah. Yeah, and so it just, I don't think it's like an intentional thing that like the right owns the flag and the left can't have the flag. I think it's more of a de facto thing. Um, but I think one thing that I'd like to see in terms of our country becoming less polarized is we can all universally be proud of our flag. And I think we'll talk to this about this when we talk more about like cost of polarization. Um, yeah, I I also think though, too, there's, there's something to be said. I'm I'm remembering in my head, um, scenes from the sixties and, um, like I've, I was recently thinking about the movie Born on the Fourth of July was Tom Cruise. Have you ever seen that? So it's a great movie mm-hmm. and uh and in it 
he is extremely patriotic. He was literally born on the 4th of July. It's a true story. He goes off to war, very patriotic. And when he comes back, you know, it's a hard time for him because he's disabled now and he has PTSD and everything. And, you know, uh, pretty famously, uh, Vietnam vets were not treated well when they came back. And, uh, and he's dealing with that. And anyway, there was a phrase that he kept saying in the movie, love it or leave it, love it or leave it, love it or leave this country. And that was a phrase that was said back then. And it's said now. And I think that when you look at one side, like the, the, the right in this country sort of co-opting the flag, they say, because I think there's a, um, on the left, I think you would agree with this, that there's a more critical view or an acceptance of, uh, of the need to be critical of our, of our actions uh, of how we carry ourselves, uh, so uh, of the ways in which that we can do better, do and improve better. upon our our nation, and I think that for the right, if we could, I don't know if this is a stereotype or or, or fact, <laughs> but well, okay, we could right, call right. it an observation um, that there's a there's there's a less of an appetite to question these things, and if there's less of an appetite to question these things, the defensive stance would be to raise up that flag and say, "Love it or leave it, man." You know what I mean? And I feel a little bit like uh, attacked if you're going to say that there's something wrong with the country that I love so much. And so that's where I think you have that sort of what we say, like blind patriotism or not wanting to sort of examine the deeper issues of, of what we're doing in Yemen, for example, or you know, something that I might be concerned about, um, about the, the ways in which our, our country has not done so well and we can approve upon. So I think that's a part of this as well. Is it open to questioning the, the what, what we're doing? Uh-oh. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, I mean, that's a great visual of the polarization, yeah. love it or leave it mm -hmm. and then do better. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that's a great visual. Um, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I do just want to say, as, as I'm listening to ourselves talk, we're, we're really kind of talking from a bird's eye, bird's eye view, you know, like our intention is not to right. be judgmental of like right. one side or the other. And like, it's, it's interesting as we talk about polarization, you know, no matter how hard we try to be neutral, we're going to be like, wow, like that's interesting. And the fact that it's interesting is, you know, whatever. But um, I think that this is one of the hardest parts about polarization is how do you talk about such a deep divide in, in an objective way? And I think that's, seems really hard to do to me. I don't know. I agree. And I think that uh, this conversation would be, you know, this conversation what might be much different and probably, well, probably would be if we had somebody in here that disagreed with our political viewpoints, you know what I mean? Uh, and I'm sure we could find no, some things. No, 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 no. I know that. I know that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I I'm talking about, somebody who might be more polar, I don't know, more polar, I don't know. Um, somebody, somebody with, with five flags on Exactly. Although, now this is one of the core points of what we want to discuss and what we'll get to though, is even if we got that person in the room with us, we would probably find that we have way more in common than, than we don't. And in fact, there's a psychological totally. principle. I'm, I'm, it's blanking on it now, but it's, it's like in, uh, in-group differences like that we are do you know what i'm talking about like oh yeah uh, we think that the republicans and democrats are so far apart but there's actually greater disparity within the groups than there are between the groups um and i forget what that principle mm -hmm. is called but it yeah. really it's it's a really important notion yeah um, 
I really wish I knew what it was because we should look it up and talk about it. Well, th- hey, we're going to do a two-parter on this one, I think, because we want to. There's a lot we want to get to today. We have a few more minutes, but we also want to talk next time about what to do about these things. So by the next time we talk, I'll figure out what this is. Yeah, that other example I could give of that, like I learned in college, is that um, fraternity presidents have more in common with each other than they do with the people in their right? own fraternity. Yeah. So that was an example that I, I heard when I was in college. But that makes sense, right? Like I have mm-hmm. to lead this group of people. And so I can relate to the other people no matter how different our fraternities' right. identities are, right? Right. You know, like the jocks and the nerd, whatever, you know? Um, I can relate more to them than I can right. within my own group. So, um, okay, anyways, all right. So let's talk about this thing uh, that I found from sure. the Pew Research Center. So. Going back to my political science days, the Pew Research Center was one of like a, it was considered a uh, very mm-hmm. reputable source. So I went on there because I really wanted to find some um, good data around polarization. Actually, one data, one thing that I really am curious in looking about is about um, data around ideology, gender, age, and race. Because I'm curious in current times, you know, if there's been a bit of a swing, right? Like, uh, are younger white males going more right? And is that different from 20 years ago or, you know, whatever. So, um, but what I found was they had this awesome, very long, intricate article and study that they did Mm. on political ideology. And I found a... um, I found a, a spectrum and I do, let me just give some background on political ideology. Political ideology exists on a spectrum, um, it, on a continuum, I should say. And on either end of the continuum, we have extremes and then we have the middle, which are the moderates. And, you know, I do want to point out, they didn't say this in Pew, but, you know, on the far side of either, both conservative and liberal is anarchy. Um, and it's actually ideologically, it kind of goes in a loop because it all like it meets in anarchy. Um, and, you know, we can talk more about that at another time. But um, this Pew study, what they did is they got a really good sample of the population and they kind of admitted they came up with nine different categories of political ideology along the spectrum. And, um, and it's not 50 50, Lauren. It's have, not 50. They, there's not two. <laughs> Oh, There's, yeah. Do this part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. So, so I'm looking two. at a spectrum. I'm looking at a continuum, like Lauren said. And, you know, um, on the far left is called progressive left, and it's navy. And then it's um, lighter gradations of blue as it goes to the right. And it gets to the middle where it's like this teal green. And then starting from the right, it is, you know, dark red. And it goes, you know, various shades until it gets to pink when it's ambivalent right. And there are different numbers in these different categories. And I just want to make the point, I, I interrupted you, but I just wanted to make this point that it's not yeah, I appreciate that. A, a line in the middle and 50% on one side and 50% on the other side. Um, that A lot of times that's how the votes end up, which is another discussion. But like, but this, this graph is really eye-opening because it shows you that we are not... 50-50. It is not polarized. Like this, I'm not talking about how the votes go because of issues of gerrymandering and stuff like that, which we can get to. But in terms of the population and how people's philosophical phil- philosophies lie, it's not 50-50. 
Yeah, we're talking about ideology, mm-hmm. what people believe, you know. So um, I think if you watch the news, social media, you know, general conversation, we're conditioned to say the left and the right. And we even have left mm-hmm. and right news, you know. And so we do. Obviously, we have a two party system, but uh, ideology falls on a spectrum. And within that spectrum, there's large chunks that mm-hmm. are leaning this side and large chunks that are leaning this way. But even within the continuum, mm-hmm. there there are shades, which is the right. opposite of black and white thinking, which is exactly what we're going at here. So um, the thing that really fascinated me about looking at this pew thing, and you know, I can put uh, a link in the show notes to this article, is that you know, in terms of the left, there are three categories, progressive left, establishment liberals, democratic mainstays. Then in the middle, we, ha- and I should say that those three ones, what that's um, 30, 35% of the population. Then in the middle, we have the outsider left and the outsider left, they defined as essentially moderates but mm-hmm. they don't like Republicans. <laughs> so they do not identify as a strong liberal at, at all. They identify as a moderate, but they have some distaste for Republicans. Then we have stress sideliners, which are truly in the middle. <laughs> and they're stressed. Because, um, they're stressed. I think that's a really, and they're stressed. I think that is not an interesting term. Um, and I, and it actually talks about lowest level of political engagement. They're, they're so, they're, they're in the middle. And they actually, they didn't, I don't know if they said this, but it almost sounds like mm. there's like a hopelessness sure. about kind of the state. And so because of that hopelessness, there's a right. kind of non-engagement. On the other side of stress sideliners is the ambivalent, right? Where the, essentially they're the most liberal of the right, but um, they would identify with that if had to choose. But if you put together outside left, stress sideliners and ambivalent right, right. that's 37%. That's really interesting to me. By the way, that's that's the that's the largest number. So we have what did I say? Thirty five identified as as Dems to varying degree, thirty seven in the middle, and then on the right side we have populist right, committed conservatives, and faith and flag conservatives, and that adds up to twenty eight, right? So really, I mean, if you look at it, the meat, the meat is in the middle, the meat is in the middle off Mm -hmm. the meats in the middle. And to me, that feels really, really hopeful because I, I mean, I talk to people for a living and I've talked to a lot of people who have told me, I don't feel like there's any room Mm -hmm. for me in either party. I've had many people say that to me. And, um, I know that, um, we we talk as if we're so polarized in the left and the right and in the media certainly portrays well the left is doing this or the right is doing that but i think that the you know a lot of average americans ideologically fall towards the middle even if they have a party you know you know outside left ambivalent right yes they still maybe identify with their party but they're not extreme and that's really important um so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the initial thoughts that I had about this kind of pew thing. But I'm looking at it now and I'm wishing think? that we had um, um, political parties with each each with this these names, <laughs> the progressive left party, the establishment liberal party, the democratic mainstay party, <laughs> the stress sideliner party, biting their fingernails uh, to the nub uh, while they're trying. 
But, you know, and I, I'm, I'm kind of joking about that, but I'm also kind of serious because I think that leads to, we were talking before, and, and so I'm hopeful about this as well. This makes me have hope. But then what gives me despair is that our, you know, the way that our political uh, system in our country is, is set up is to exploit the these extremes um, with, through gerrymandering and stuff like that. And both parties do that. Um, both parties are guilty of that, which makes me very angry that both parties do it. Um, so that that's, I think, maybe a different discussion, but I think it falls into, you know, what, what like it's it's important because this yeah. is how it actually is, this Pew research, but it's not how we are, it's not how we act, it's not how we're governed. And I think that's where a lot of the growth could come. Yeah, and what I said to you earlier is, I hear you. I think it's very fair to say that our political system is deeply flawed. But I mean, I personally think about the parties as like the way I would think about football teams. Like they're going to do whatever they can to win because they want their team to win. And like the the problem with the two party system is they need to rally their party and do what they can do to get the most power. And that is some amount of that is just like mm-hmm. instinct of human behavior thing. And you know that I, because I can, I can kind of see it that way. I, I don't get as angry. Um, but I, I think that, I think that what we really need is the average Americans like you and I to kind of rebuff this, you know, I'm, Mm-hmm. I'm a Dem or, or I'm mm-hmm. a Republican and that's it. And that's all I am. And we all think the yeah. same way and we all have the same beliefs and we're all completely okay with mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell or AOC or whoever. Like, no, I think we, we have to start talking more in shades of gray and we have to start, you know, demanding of our leaders that we don't fall into this kind of tribal, like my team wins or else because it's just so short-sighted. I mean, it just, it feeds this polarization. And, you know, we need, we need the 37% in the middle to actually be loud if we want to bring our country back towards the midline. Um, and the reason I, I personally think it's important to bring our country back to the midline is uh, the more divided we are, the more vulnerable. We yeah, are. I agree hundred percent with that. We are very vulnerable. Um, you know, to these extremes. And, and that's, that's why we're trying to, I don't know, talk about this in a way that's hopefully helpful to people. And what, what we're going to do in our next second part of this is talk about um, what we can do and have, maybe have some solutions uh, based off the things that we're talking about today. Um, there might be a couple more points we want to make before we get into that, but um, we'll have to, we'll do that next time. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, so I think the biggest takeaway that I have is that, um, there are a lot of people along the political spectrum that have thoughtful and nuanced beliefs around issues and that it isn't as oversimplified as we talk generally or we see in the news or Mm -hmm. we think of our neighbors, you know, and even the guy with the five flags on his Mm garage, I'm sure you could have a conversation with. If we could there, just there's no, there's no doubt about that. Politics. Like that's that, not, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Well, you said it pretty emphatically, but yeah, I'm sure too. Um, it is without a doubt, you know, again, unless there are lines, unless he's like, no, welcome to my, you know, uh, swastika room, you know, I'll show you all the, 
<laughs> and, and I have a bunch of exactly, children locked right, up in the basement. Exactly, and yeah, exactly. no. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, no, we, it, you know, and when you, when you, I know these people, you know, there, there are good, there are good people in, in the world. And we, that, and that's, I think, another dynamic is are we inherently good, you know, as, 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 as human beings. And I, I, I tend to believe that we are. Um, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's easy to lose sight of that when we get so polarized and we say that person is a bad person that I don't think that's true. I think that, yeah. I don't think that's true. If your car broke down or if that guy totally saw right. your child fall on the ground, he wouldn't stomp on him because you had a Biden sticker on your car. He'd probably pick your kid up or probably help you out or whatever and vice versa. And, but we lose that totally. we lose sight of that when we lead with our flags. Totally. Um, and maybe we can all have flags. Like there's the other side of that coin. But, you know, actually, as you were saying that, I feel like I can kind of condense our point is that all of us are more than our political beliefs and everyone else is also more than their political beliefs. And if we can let that be the guide, then we can get along. So we are more than the sum of our political beliefs. Maybe that should be the title. Maybe that should be the title of this podcast. Absolutely. More than the sum. Okay. Maybe. All right. We'll see. Okay, Lauren. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We'll do okay. part two next time. All right. Cool. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Credit to our theme music to my brother, Andrew McLean. Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell us what you think. All opinions are our own.